Good morning, First Baptist Church. Um, I'm Micah. I'm filling in today on piano and singing, and I pray wherever you're at, you join us in worshiping the Lord. In my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. Questions your truth will hold, your great love will lead us through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. the promise you will carry me safe to shore safe to shore safe to shore I won't fear what tomorrow brings with each morning I'll rise and sing my God's love will lead us through the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you, oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore.
Facebook or YouTube. Welcome to First Baptist Church of Coronado. This is week 45 of COVID, but good news is it's week two of the blessings of God in 2021. I know after this last week, it almost feels like this is December the 41st of 2020. I know that. I know that, but folks, God is still God. God is still in control. God is still sovereign, and everything's going to be all right. Amen? And you say that by faith, whether you understand how it's going to work out or not. We don't have to. That's what faith is all about. We don't see how it's going to work out, but we know that we are founded upon the solid rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, and whatever he wants to do is up to him, I'm telling you. Today, we're going to be talking about sorting out time, and then next week, the Lord willing, sorting out our talents, and that may not be what you think it is. And I know you've read about talents in the Word of God. It may not be what you think it is. It might be, but... 
We'll find out next week, Lord willing. Uh, for those who have been giving faithfully during this whole pandemic, even though some of you haven't been able to be here for various reasons, uh, we are so thankful for your faithfulness, members of First Baptist Church, in giving your tithes and offerings. Ask you to continue to do so by way of the United States Post Office or uh, directly online. An encouragement, a word of encouragement to all of us, stay well, stay safe, stay thankful. If you need something, let us know if we can be any help at all. And Rebecca, this is your last Sunday with us for a while, right? And uh, she's going to be getting out of the United States Navy, going to be heading back to parts unknown, uh, back that way. <clears throat> and uh, we want to be praying for her. So let's, let's bow our heads right now and ask God to show her exactly what his will is for her life to, in the life to come. Our Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the opportunity, the privilege that's ours to pastor in a military town. I thank you for our, our warriors, our men and women who put their lives on the line, who sacrifice, whose families sacrifice, so that, Lord, uh, we have a protected way of life. I pray, God, your blessings upon all those who are serving right now who are deployed. I pray you keep them safe and bring them home from their deployment soon. Lord, I pray for those like Rebecca who will be getting out soon. I pray that you would lead them and guide them to know your perfect will for their lives. Thank you for Rebecca. Thank you for her faithfulness to us here and to you here. God, we pray that you would guide her and give her safety as she travels back home. And Lord, we pray that you would open up doors of opportunity when she gets back home, that, you're, that her future would be completely in your hands, that you would lead her in whatever way you see fit. Father, we ask you to send more people to replace those who are being transferred out because of deployments or because of new duty stations. God, we trust you to take care of us in 2021 as you did so admirably and so wonderfully in 2020. Bless our people that are going through difficult times. I remember this morning, uh, David Rodriguez, who uh, needs a special touch from you after finding his diagnosis this week. And I pray, God, that you would supernaturally work in his life, just as you did in Gary Gorkin's life, just as you have in so many others. Lord, perform a miracle. We'll give you all the praise and credit for it all. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. If I had a bulletin to hand out, we haven't been doing that now for how many weeks? 45 weeks. But if I did, I would. Uh, this is what you would have gotten from me. Is there hope for 2021? And by the way, this was written before the events, the major events of this last week. On December the 17th, 1927, while surfacing, surfacing near Princetown, Massachusetts, the submarine USS S-4 was accidentally rammed and sunk by the Coast Guard destroyer Paulding. Paulding stopped and lowered lifeboats, but found only a small amount of oil and air bubbles. Rescue and salvage operations commenced immediately, only to be thwarted by severe weather. Heroic efforts were made to rescue six known survivors trapped in the forward torpedo room who exchanged a series of signals with the rescue force by tapping Morse code on the hull. As the trapped men used the last of the available oxygen in the sub, they sent the Morse coded message, is there any hope? Perhaps after 2020 and after COVID-19 and after the political mess of the last year, you have asked if there's any hope for 2021. Let me assure you that there is. God is still sovereign, Ephesians 1.11. God is still watching over us, Romans 
God is still merciful, Exodus 33, 19. God is still omnipotent, Job 42, 2. God will never leave us, Hebrews 13, 5. And Jesus is coming back again soon, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Now, hope is the expectation or the belief in the fulfillment of something desired. Hope is a psychological necessity if people are to envision the future at all. Even if there are no rational grounds for it, people still continue to hope. So no matter what happens in this crazy world in 2021, we Christians have a hope that transcends all others. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, Titus 2, 13 and 14. So do you have hope today? I hope you do. And I hope that hope is in Jesus Christ because he is our ultimate hope. Let's continue to worship him as we stand together and sing. And if you're at home, sing along with us as our praise team leads us. It's your breath in our lungs. 
Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, praise team, for leading us. And this is the part of the service where I get to talk to the children before we get to the main message for the adults. Uh, and adults, if you want to turn to your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, that'll be where I start in the, with the adult message in just a moment. But first of all, to all of our young people that are here or they're watching at home on the iPad or the phone or on the television set or the computer, uh, the, the, today I want to talk to you about the fourth commandment. Now, we've so far talked about the first three commandments. And the first commandment is not to have any other gods before the true God. 
Second commandment was not to worship any statues or images or anything. Nothing should come between us and God and become an object of worship. Last week, we talked about not using God's name in cursing or in oaths or in ways that would not be pleasing to the Lord. We're to use God's name in prayer and praise like we've been doing uh, already here this morning and in worship. That's okay to use God's name that way. So, boys and girls, do you know what the fourth commandment is? The fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, what in the world is the Sabbath day? Well, when God created the heavens and the earth, he worked for six days in creation, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And Sabbath means to cease or to stop, and and so that's exactly what God did. Not because he got tired, because he never gets tired. He's omnipotent, he's, he's without any kind of uh, limitations physically like you and I are, uh, but he, he set the standard and the principle for all of us to work six days and then rest one day a week. So the Sabbath was the seventh day of God's creation, and it started on Friday night at six o'clock, or sundown, and went to Saturday uh, at the same time. So God rested on the seventh day, but for Christians... We, we worship, this is Sunday. This is the first day of the week. Why aren't we meeting on the Sabbath? Why aren't we meeting on Saturday night? Well, because uh, the first day of the week is the, week is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. When they went to the sepulcher, they went to the tomb where Jesus had been buried. You know what they found there? Nobody was in it because he rose from the dead on the first day of the week. <clears throat> that was on a Sunday morning. So when the disciples came to his tomb, they found it empty and found the grave clothes were folded and laying there where he had been. Ever since that day, Christians have been meeting on the first day of the week. So I want to encourage you, boys and girls, if we're going to make Jesus first, if we're going to make God first in our lives, let's give him the first day of the week as a day of rest and worship and trusting him and put him first in everything, and God will bless you for it. So that's the fourth The fourth uh, commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And for us who are Christians, we recognize that on the first day of the week in particular. Okay, boys and girls, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll tune in next week again. But moms and dads, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. And I'll be there in just a minute. But last week, we began our Management 2021 series with a sermon on sorting out life. And we use the the English definition, not the American English definition, but the English English definition of sorting, which means to resolve problems or difficulties. And we talked about what is life and what the purpose of life is and the priorities of life and why is life so confusing sometimes. And that message is archived, as all the messages have been since last March, uh, on Facebook and most of them on YouTube. We started YouTube a little bit after Facebook. So last week, we also quoted from the book of Genesis that talks about God as being the ultimate force, uh, creating, which is the ultimate action, everything that there is, time, space, and matter. And furthermore, time is matter moving through space. So you and I are literally, as we sit here in this and these chairs, this auditorium, as you at home are sitting on your couch, no doubt in your PJs, drinking coffee, eating donuts, while the rest of us are sacrificing, not doing that right now. Don't you feel guilty for that? <clears throat> as we sit here, we're literally spinning through space at incredible speeds, and, 
And were it not for God, were it not for his creation uh, and gravity and all that he created, we would, be, we would whirl off this planet and our planet would whirl out of its orbit and we'd be all done. But we're moving through outer space. We're also moving through our own space. Wasn't there a platform before Facebook called MySpace? Whatever happened to that? Maybe we need to go back to that. But <clears throat> MySpace, <clears throat> and so we have, we have our space, which we march, on, march through minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, year by year, and that march is relentless, and it's impossible to recover or to reverse. It seems to go faster every, every day. Now, I know this is kind of trivial, but I, I, I saw this... Uh, this article in the UK Telegraph from January of this year, and it said, note, July 19th saw the shortest day since the record began with the planet completing its rotation in 1.4602 milliseconds less than the usual 86,400 seconds. The previous shortest day in 2005 was beaten 28 times last year, 2020, and 2021 is on track to be the fastest year ever with the average day passing 0.5 milliseconds faster than usual. I knew time was getting shorter. I could just tell it was getting shorter. But I think that's interesting because in Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, what did Jesus say? Except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. For the elect's sake, the days shall be shortened. So if he can shorten them by 0.5 milliseconds, he can shorten them by 30 minutes. He can shorten them by an hour and a half. He's God, right? He can do whatever he wants to do. But the Bible says it's going to be the day, in the last days, the days will be shortened uh, during the time of the Great Tribulation. So therefore, the time we have right now, today, this moment, is all we really have. We don't have another five minutes. We don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. Uh, what are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our lives? I want to uh, thank you uh, and, and praise you for putting God first this week by being in God's house or by watching by way of uh, live streaming, uh, giving time, to you're giving part of your life to the Word of God and to the things of God this morning by doing that. So what are you doing with the rest of your time? Today we talk about sorting out our time. Someone, or maybe a lot of someones, have said that time is in fact life, and they were correct. My wife, I don't know how many times she's told my son, this was kind of a as he was growing up, this was something that she said to him and still says it, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And that's true. Whatever happened yesterday, today is the first day of the rest of your life. The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to say just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Now is the only time we own to do his precious will. Do not wait until tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. I had two memorial services in the last two weeks. One of them for a 70-year-old lady, one of them for an 88-year-old, 80, uh, 82-year-old man. Uh, and their clocks have wound down. They're now in eternity. They're thankfully both with the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You and I still have time. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 that I pointed out a few moments ago, a person who's put in charge as a manager or an administrator must be faithful. In other words, worthy of trust. A steward, in King James it said, must be found faithful. What is a steward? A steward is a caretaker, a manager. You and I are to manage our time profitably. And just as our praise team sang a few minutes ago, I don't know if you caught this, they sang about the breath that we take in is God's, it's not ours. 
The very breath we take in is his. Time is his. Today is his. All day. Monday, which is not the Lord's day, is his. Tuesday is his. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. So technically, if we're stewards, we're managers of that which belongs to another. That makes us human managers of divine uh, things divinely owned. And you are to manage that which is God's. Time is his and his alone to give or to take away. So let's sort out what we're supposed to be doing with our time and consequently our lives. First of all, the management of time, consider the Sabbath day. Just talked about that with the kids. Exodus chapter 20, the entire commandment says this, remember the Sabbath day, the seventh day, to keep it holy, consecrated, set apart to, the, to God. Six days shalt thou labor and do thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. So I don't let my little puppy dogs do any labor. I don't my 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 woman servant. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, this is the Sabbath. This was given to the Jews. This was part of the. The, the law that God gave to them, and they were not to do labor. Now, the, the Pharisees, the religious crowd, took it a lot further than what God took it and, and, and wrote up some 600 and some laws, I think it was, uh, governing, uh, many of them governing what they could and couldn't do on the Sabbath that were uh, beyond what the scriptures said. But it was to be a day of cessation of work and a day of dedication to God and a day of rest. Now, the Sabbath under grace, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Paul's there saying to the church at Colossia, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to, to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man, and listen to this, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of the holy day or of the new moon or of Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body uh, is, is of Christ. Now, I believe that the Sabbath, as it was binding upon Israel, is not binding upon us today. But I believe the principle remains. I believe we're to have a time of, of ceasing from our work. I've told this, probably this illustration here, but I used to work for a place called, uh, it was a steel processing plant in Chicago Heights, Illinois, Treem Steel, and uh, we would work uh, nine hours a day, six days a week. Nine hours a day, six days a week. Well, someone got the bright idea, one of the white helmets got the bright idea of let's work Sundays also. And so we were working nine hours a day, seven days a week. Would you like to guess what happened to the productivity? Went down, went down. Yeah, we could not do, we could not crank out the work in seven days that we cranked out in six days before. Why? Because I believe, because the principle of God of having that day of, of cessation, that day of rest was violated. And so we're, we're not, though we're not commanded to keep this one day uh, where we don't work at all, the way the Jews were, the principle still remains a day of rest. Time belongs to God. He gives us seven days a week, 168 hours every single week, and time must be used uh, and or given back to him in various pursuits. We are not to waste time because, again, time is life. Benjamin Franklin said, Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. What about the example of our Savior? 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 49, as a young man, 12 years old, remember his parents had been uh, into Bethlehem and and they were going back now and they traveled and they were three days down the road and all of a sudden they realized that Jesus was not with them, their son was not with them. And can you imagine the panic in Mary's heart and Joseph's heart as they realized they thought he was with some of the other family, some of the other family thought he was with them. And so they went back and they looked and they looked, they finally found him. And he was in the temple, and he was teaching and preaching, and he said uh, to them, how is it that you sought me? Knew you not that I must be about my father's business? So Jesus, even as a young boy, realized that there's a work to do, there's a job to do, and we need to be serving the Lord. And God gives us opportunity to serve the Lord, to plant the gospel seed, to share the gospel with others who need to hear it, uh, to, to labor for him, to work for him while it's teaching a class. Or, or helping someone who needs some help in the name of the Lord. Later, as an adult, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is yet day, the night comes when no man can work. There's a time allotted for work. There's a time then that will be occupied by resting. And Jesus was occupied with doing what his father wanted him to do. So he used time wisely. He was faithful with the little time he had, 33 years. I got to thinking about this this week as I was preparing this message. And already, uh, I've lived twice as long as he was, uh, as he lived on this earth. Uh, and just think, I'm 33 years is nothing. 33 years is so young. And he was faithful with the little time that he had. He would spend time in the temple. He would spend time with people one-on-one. He would spend time teaching the word of God to great crowds. He would spend time working miracles. He would spend time praying. He would take time to rest. He is our example He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as Jesus walked. And there were so many times that the Bible says he went uh, to a a private place and there he spent time with his heavenly father. There he would pray. There he would rest. His rest was often interrupted because people would come to him wanting something from him, but he made those allotments of time. The peculiarities of managing time are many. First of all, time is such a fleeting thing. We talk about that already. Job 14, verses 1 and 2, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. Have you ever seen a young child chase its shadow? You ever seen a little boy, a little girl, and they look down, they see the shadow, they try to catch it, or they try to, uh, try to get ahead of it or, or whatever? Uh, it's there, and then it's gone. Uh, it's like a, a mist, another place in the Bible says. It's like a flower that blooms, and then it dries up, and it's gone. It's here, and all of a sudden, it is not here anymore. And once it's used, or once it's spent, time can never be reclaimed or done over. So it's a valuable commodity. It is, in fact, life itself. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only cash we have. Spend it wisely. You know what? It's kind of like cash, but it can't be banked. You can't store it up for another time. You can't accumulate it and say, I'm going to 
draw on it when I, when I want to draw on it. It's, it's continually being spent, whether we're awake or whether we're asleep, whether we're working, whether we're playing, time just keeps rolling on. So it's a fleeting thing. It's, you can't get a hold of it. You ever dream, you ever dream that you're holding on to something and, and you start waking up and you're like, no, I don't want to let it go. And you wake up and it's not there. It's kind of the way time is. So time is a fleeting thing. That's a peculiar thing about managing time. Secondly, uh, it's a daily thing. Good management doesn't happen by uh, just by accident. Good management is something that requires being proactive and scheduling. If you're planning on using your time wisely and you don't plan ahead with a calendar, you don't plan ahead, uh, plan out your day, you're going to waste a lot of time. It's very important to be proactive. In your devotion, in your, in your prayer time, <coughs> in your personal communion, in the Word of God, every day, let me ask you a question. When do you routinely meet with God? <coughs> I know most of us would say, well, we, we, we pray many times during the day, and we do. That's great. But when do you meet with God for the express purpose of listening to Him and finding out what He wants you to do? When is that time? If you don't have a time you routinely meet, then you need to make time. And if you don't put it on your calendar and make it a priority, it's not going to happen. Because it doesn't just happen by osmosis. It doesn't just happen automatically. Not only in your devotion and your prayer life, but in your witnessing. How do you go about (coughs) bearing witness to the light? I I told you, uh, I try to make it a point. I carry it with me all the time. These little get out of hell free cards. I gave one to, uh, I was at the Chrysler dealership, uh, Perry Chrysler over in National City. Uh, I need a discount on my next oil change. I just gave you a free plug if you're watching, so they're, which they're not. But anyhow, so I, I was talking to the cashier and took care of paying my bill, and I said, here, I want to give you that. Now, I figured out that if you give someone a get-out-of-hell-free card, you need to say something kind of funny, or they may look at you really weird, like, you think I'm going to hell or what? So I say, here, someone you know may need this. <clears throat> and, and, and I, yeah, real tactful. Someone you, you know may need this, and, and I ask them to turn it over, and, and, I, and on the back it says, we all deserve to go to hell. Number two, God has provided a get-out-of-hell-free card through faith in Jesus Christ. Number three, let Jesus bail you out forever. So I I purposely am trying to plant the Word of God, purposely trying to witness. Sometimes that opens up into more of a discussion. A lot of times it doesn't. But if we don't plan on doing something, if we don't purpose to do something and telling other people about Christ, you know what will happen? We'll go through an entire day. We'll go through an entire week without ever one time talking to someone about Christ. And we're supposed to be preaching, teaching the Word of God. And not just preachers. You too. You who are watching at home. If we're Christians, we're supposed to be light and salt. We're supposed to be planting the Word of God and the seed and, and, and taking that seed and putting it in fertile soil. So in witnessing, how do you go about bearing witness to the light? How do you do that? When do you do that? Where do you do that? What about walking in the wisdom of God's daily uh, and the wisdom of God daily, rather. How, how, do you, how do you walk constantly in the wisdom of God? I don't know about you, but I, it's a real battle. I, I tend to go off on my own strength or my own power 
albeit as small as it is, I, I sometimes get off that track of trusting God and walking in his footsteps and redeeming the time. In fact, Ephesians 5, 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're to redeem the time because the days are evil. And I found it's very interesting. The word for redeeming the time, there is not chronos, which is usually the word in Greek that's used for a time. It's not chronos, which is a succession of minutes and hours and days. It's kind of, you know, that's the way we measure chronos, chronological, chronometer, if you have a special watch that's uh, certified to be a uh, chronograph or whatever. Uh, It's not that word. Rather, it's kairos, which means a season or a period of opportunity. So redeem the season or period of opportunity. Well, how many of those seasons of opportunity did we think were interruptions to our schedule? We had our own plan. We were going to do thus and so. We, we were on our way here, on our way there, whatever. And, and suddenly there's, there's this interruption. Could it be a God appointment? Shouldn't we look at it as an appointment from God? We didn't have anything to do with it. All of a sudden it pops up. There it is. So redeem the time, the kairos, the season, the period of opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. We live in a wicked, morally wicked, spiritually wicked world, country, city. As much as you love Coronado, much as I love Coronado, it is, a, it is anti-God. I mean, the world system is, okay? I'm not saying... I, I'm just saying, the days are evil. The the morality and the spiritual goings-on are not godly so much of the time. So redeem the time. Make the most of the situations God gives to each one of us. What about then Sundayly? I made up that word. Sundayly. Again, even though the Jewish Sabbath is not binding on us, as Paul relates in the letter to the Colossians, there is the principle of remembering the Lord's day first day of the week, with a gathering. What we're doing here is scriptural. What we're doing here is commanded in the Word of God, not an optional thing. I love the live streaming. I love that we're able to to reach into the homes and hearts of people who are not physically here. But folks, whenever this pandemic is over, Uh, on Sunday morning. Now, we'll still have live streaming because we got people across the country who can't make it here, but we ought to be in God's house on God's day. We ought to make it a priority. Sunday, coming together. The church is a called out assembly, ecclesia, called out assembly. The Sabbath was at the end of original creation. The Lord's day is the new beginning. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, As it began to dawn on the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. That's when she found it empty. All four Gospels refer to Christians gathering and coming together on the first day of the week. The book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 7, says, Upon the first day of the week, the disciples came together to break bread, and Paul preached unto them. In 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, concerning the collection of the saints, that have been given to the churches of Galatia. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. And then further, another scripture related to that is Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling, the ecclesia-ing, if I can say it that way, 
of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So Sunday, we're supposed to give God time. We're supposed to put him first. By the way, lest we get the erroneous idea that under the Old Testament and Old Covenant, worship was only done on the Sabbath, that's absolutely wrong. Worship was done every day of the week. Sacrifices were made every day of the week. Sabbath was a day of rest. Every day is a day of worship. Sunday, we come together, we gather. Every day is a day to worship our God. Every single day. The spiritual profits of of managing time. Our time may be, if we manage it right, may be longer upon the earth if we use our time to obey the Lord. For example, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So God might, in fact, increase our days, our lifespan, if we learn to obey the Lord. Contrast that with if a man see a brother in sin, which is not unto death. There is a sin unto death. And so as we obey God, we we stay away from the consequences of sin, the complications of sin. As we obey him, uh, then God can bless us and actually lengthen our lives. By the way, uh, also God becomes our partner when when we manage our time well. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, we're laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. He provides us with what we need. He gives us protection. His presence is with us, and there are eternal rewards. In Luke chapter 12, verse 42, the Lord said, who, is, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? There are rewards here there are rewards eternally. Psalm chapter 23, maybe the favorite verse of yours, I don't know. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. That's why we're here. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever. So the needs of God's provision are met here every day of our lives and forever. Someone said this, I have only just a minute, just 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it, because time is life. So let me ask one question in closing. What time is it for you? You say, well, it's getting time for lunch, preacher. You need to wrap this up. Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time... Again, kairos, the season of the opportunity, knowing the time that now it is high time, and that means ripe or in full bloom. It is high time, full bloom, to awaken out of our sleep, our spiritual sleep, our lethargy. We have gone to sleep in America as the church of Jesus Christ. For the most part, the church, I mean, there's so many crazy doctrines. I think there are crazy doctrines coming up that are, in churches today that churches would have rejected 50 years ago without even hardly a thought. Uh, Crazy doctrines being taught. It's time to wake up. It's time to realize that our faith is being stolen from us. Our faith is being undermined. They're attempting to change what the Bible says. It says here, for now is our salvation or our deliverance nearer, closer in time than when we believed, when we were first saved. The night is far spent. The time of darkness, in other words, is drawing to an end. 
The day is at hand, the sunrise, the day of the Lord is coming. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of life. Metaphorically, he's saying let's put off our night clothes and let's put on the armor fit for the daylight. Night clothes aren't made for the day. Now look, if you do this, I'm sorry, but it drives me nuts when people go to Walmart in their pajamas. This drives me nuts. Night clothes are not for Walmart. I don't care if you're going at midnight. It's not for Walmart. It, put on your, your, clo- your armor. For, we, we don't wear pajamas in battling for the Lord. We, we wear the armor of God. Let us walk honestly, decently, as in the day, not in rioting. Literally, that means feastings and revelings. It means a whole different thing now, too. Let's not live in drunkenness, drinking parties, not in chambering and wantonness. What is chambering and wantonness? It refers to having illicit, intimate relations and debauchery associated with it. God, help us as God's children not to fall prey to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Help us not to be involved with people who are not our spouses in an intimate way. Flee from that. Not in strife. And by the way, in the book of Proverbs, it talks, it talks about the young man that's led astray and how that he's led as, a, uh, as an ox to, the, to, the, to be sacrificed, to be slaughtered. I don't know why guys talk about their conquest when, it, when God compares them to a dumb beast that's about to be butchered. Not in strife or envying, with contention and anger. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lesson. So what time is it? It's about time to know the time. It's time for us to wake up. These are days of great opportunity. Hey, the darker it gets out there, the better your little light shines. You know that? If I light a candle in here, it doesn't make any big deal. But we get out in a cave go to Mammoth Cave or some other cave that has absolutely no light at all and you light a candle, it's amazing how much a little candlelight can, can, can cause the darkness to flee from it. That's the beauty of the candlelight services on Christmas Eve when we can turn all the lights out and we start with one candle representing Christ and then how the gospel spreads from person to person until the whole room is lit up by the candles. It's time to know the time. Secondly, it's time to awaken out of our spiritual lethargy. 2021, we may not have 2022. I mean, the world may not have. As Christians, we may be out of here, folks. It's time to be clothed in light, not darkness. It's time to put off the works of the flesh and put on the armor of the light of God. And it's time to manage our time wisely. How about you? How's your, how you do with time? What are you doing with every precious moment God gives you? It's like every breath we take belongs to God. Every second on the clock belongs to him. You are a manager. I am a manager. How are we doing? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning grateful and thankful for the time that you give to us. Thankful for the opportunity we've had this morning to look into your word. Father, we pray that you would help us to 
Use our time wisely. Use it for, the, for your glory. Father, we pray that if this is the year you're coming back, that we would be found faithful, faithful stewards, that we would, Lord, use what time you give us to make a difference in the lives of people who are going to live eternally somewhere. Father, we pray that you would help this time and this season of pandemic to be over soon. We pray, God, that we'd be able to gather again in the fulfillment of your word and your teaching and your commandments. God, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Fill your house with your people. Fill this country with the gospel. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us, please? And as we stand, if you'd like to receive Christ as your personal Savior and you're in the auditorium, we'd ask you to come forward. If you'd like to be baptized or become a member, come forward, let me know. I'll be right down here in the front. We'll have our praise team sing a verse or maybe two of the invitation. And then we'll go ahead and live the rest of the time that God gives us today to his honor and his glory as they sing. Every millisecond, we need the Lord Jesus Christ. May you walk with him today, and may God richly bless you as you do. You're dismissed. So teach my son to rise.